Hey, Avs fans, this episode is brought to you in part by MyBookie. MyBookie is one of the most trusted and reputable sportsbooks in the industry and still has the best payouts and better odds than any other sportsbooks going. I personally just won about 120 bucks on the Super Bowl, including betting on the color of the friggin' Gatorade because I nailed orange. Hell yeah. Uh, if you join now, MyBookie will match your deposit with a 50% bonus all the way up to 1000 bucks. That means if you deposit 100 bucks, you receive an extra $50 of free money to play with. Deposit 200 get an extra 100 you get it. Just use the promo code THPN to activate the offer and take advantage of this. You can risk a little or you can risk a lot on as many games as you want. Or props in my case. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. The Hockey Podcast Network has also joined forces with Puffy Mattresses. They're not just any bed-in-a-bag company. These are America's most comfortable mattress. And right now, you can get $300 off a new mattress plus a free king-size pillow. Plus, they offer a 101-night sleep trial. So if you're not satisfied with the mattress, you can return it no problem. Also, if you use our link, just like NHLshop.com, you can help support us and the other hosts at the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Welcome to Offside by a Mile, the podcast for anything and everything Colorado Avalanche, and the official Avs podcast for the Hockey Podcast Network. Well, Avs fans, that is the game we've been waiting for, I think. That's the game. That's the game I've been waiting for, let me tell you. Yep. A blowout that included... Just about everything going right. Yeah. Except for one thing that we ranted about for a pretty good portion of Monday's episode. But we'll save that for a minute or two later. <laughs> uh, yeah. Burkowski, pr- pretty decent game. Yeah, pr- yeah. Pretty decent. Pretty decent. He's, he's, he's kind of hot. Pro- probably his best game of the year. So hot right now. Definitely on the stat sheet. Uh, but the Moose... Is loose, and I had to wear the shirt today. Oh yes, I, I had. I didn't even notice. Tyler. I had to wear the moose. Oh, you have to. Oh. Fuck yeah, I had to wear the moose today. I yeah. had to. Not that he won them the game or anything, but hot damn, what a shot! Uh yeah, like what? What goal was that even? Six. That was goal number six, yep. wasn't it? Yep. Yeah, uh, that's the kind of snipe we're used to seeing from Ranta, ranting and. That was that was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. So the shirt made its debut. I mean, for those we didn't video on uh, Monday's recording, so I actually wore it then too. But we're videoing today, so I had to wear the moose. Represent DNVR. Shout out, great shirts. Yep. That being said, uh, this is gonna have to be a little bit of a shorter chat because we have a across the ring segment this week with. The Senators podcast, Frozen Biscuit. Mm-hmm. Shane from Frozen Biscuit will be on with us 
don't know, 20 minutes from now or so. Probably 30 because this is us. Let's be serious. But <laughs> we're going to try and make it 20. Yeah. The goal that should have been the game winner. It very well, very, very well could have been the game winner. Yeah. I don't care what happened before this goal. This goal is important. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. I'm like, okay, okay, what goal are we talking about? Oh, oh. Probably the funniest goal I've watched in the NHL. Oh, like, like period. Like, I, <laughs> I, I've never, ever seen something like this. This was, a, this was a spectacle. This looked like the football version of a guy running back a fumble that wasn't a fumble. <laughs> yeah. You know, like where the play is dead and the guy picks the ball up and what runs mean, 40 yards it. down the field? Yeah. It looked like Gerard's just skating in the corner of the puck that was clearly on a dead play and fires in the net and is going to get beat up. But it's like, nope, that's a goal. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, so, like, who even takes a shot? I can't remember. It goes off. Graves. Yeah, okay. So, Graves' shot goes off Buddy's skate boot and legit shoots straight up in the air. Like... It, it must have gone like 40, 30, 40 feet in the air. Because like no one, no one knew where it was. <laughs> and just everyone's, the goalie too, Hutton's just like no idea. He was doing what everybody was doing and looking for the puck to fall out of somebody's pants. Yeah, everyone's like, where is it? Looking around. Meanwhile, I can't remember who's at the top of the, uh, uh, covering graves, I guess it would have been the winger for Buffalo, but he's just freaking out on the point. Boys, it's in the corner. (laughs) It's over there. And Gerard's just like, oh, yeah, sweet. Just picks up the puck, looks over, pretty much empty net. Hutton sees it like last second and is just like, ah, shit. (laughs) I'm not going to get this. Uh, That was the funniest goal. It's got to be one of the funniest goals of the year. That and the Spezza blooper earlier on which hilariously enough is both the abs <laughs> this is true actually uh, i forgot about that one man i really forgot about that one yeah but i don't i don't, I don't even know what else to say good job good job gerard uh nice nice spot uh must be a bird watcher a lie the fact I, I do i do care about what happened before this goal it was just <laughs> i had to get to this i had yeah. to i could not I, I couldn't wait i could not not possible it was it was too good man Grubauer, though, starts this game off pretty solid. And he had to be. He had to be good. He definitely had to be good after last game. Well, like, and I mean. And early in this game, like, there was two big stops in the first half of the period. Yeah. That could have changed this game. And not not great plays. Not great plays. Not great defense. Surprise, surprise. But the, it wasn't a power play, but it felt like a power play. Just the way they moved that puck on the first one. Kind of like a tic-tac-toe through the slot, back door. Gruby reads it perfectly. He reads it so well that he's there substantially before the pass. Yeah. Like, doesn't even look like a good save. Except for the fact that the pass is back door, and I don't care who you are, but that's a good save. Yeah. He just beat it there so fast. He just made it it look so easy. He read it absolutely perfectly. Which is so good to see. Thank you, Grubauer. Yeah. Thank you. Didn't see a whole lot on Twitter saying, oh, man, Grubauer played great tonight. <laughs> well, he did. No uh, one no one recognizes it. They just, they're just like, huh, well, we, we scored six times. So. Probably the fourth uh, f- fourth occurrence this season of a goalie that should have got a shutout didn't because the team gave up. 
a little bit after the two Avs goals. So, yeah, Burkowski gets himself on the board. What is it, 35 seconds? 35, 45. After, yeah. 45 seconds after? Pretty quick after. 45 seconds after that absolute clown show. First goal. (laughs) Burkowski gets on the board with a... Pretty pretty good snipe. Nice little nice little snipe off the post, and yeah, it's a uh, you know every time he just shoots the puck, I'm like hi yeah, I, I love it. Yeah, I just love it. It's a hidden little sneaky good shot. Oh yeah, I forgot because um, you know classic me and my note taking because I don't do math during the broadcast. I just write the clock. <laughs> uh, Grubauer had a really nice save at the 11 minute mark too. Um, sorry, 11 minutes left in the period mark. Uh, the two-on-one where he came sliding out and got the lucky poke check. Mm. Not not a uh, prototypical pro poke check, but swiped at the puck to prevent the Buffalo Sabre from going around him. Mm-hmm. But still, two-on-one, and he makes the stop. Again, that could have been a 1-1 game, minus that backdoor save. Could have been a 2-1 game. Obviously, your goalie's paid to make saves, but he was big mm-hmm. in the first half of the period for sure. And I mean, like as good as this game was, it was a good game. Um, early on in this uh, in this first period, a little shaky, which is a little bit different, I think, than a lot of Avs games have been lately. Well, look at the Flyers game, right? Yeah, they were really good in the first half of the first period. Right. Usually, it's kind of like a tapering off after the yeah. first period, because as most people should know, the Avs are one of the best if not still the best uh, first, they first were right period up there for uh, sure. team. But yeah, some weird giveaways by, there was one by Graves, one by Makar early. But yeah, like you said, Grubauer made made some important saves, kept him scoreless until later on. Yeah, so then Gerard scores, <laughs> Burkowski scores right quick after. Then there's that one, the... Buffalo Sabres shot. It was kind of like a two-on-two or something. And uh, VC gets that tip that goes off the bar. Mm. That was really close. That was super right. lucky for Gruby. Mm-hmm. But again, it's Jimmy VC cutting across behind a defenseman wide open. Like, not wide open, but not contested. Like, nobody's playing his body at too all. Much, too much space. Which, I mean, if you play his body, you're probably taking a penalty there. So, generally speaking, you're not worried about that. But it reads into the goal that's 0.9 seconds left in the period as we alluded for to se- earlier for serious guys for i serious. was terrified going into the intermission thinking that this game was going sideways right yep for sure it was that it was that oh yeah that sneaking little doubt in the back of your mind right one second yeah one second all that happens is eric johnson forgets to play defense yeah for about one second. It was probably five. Yeah. Probably three, yeah, yeah. maybe. We'll give him three seconds of not playing defense. But he lets Sam Reinhardt go to the front of the net, completely wide open. All he has to do is tip the puck in the net. Yeah. That's it. That's all he's got to do. It's really easy if you're standing there by yourself and the guy that shoots the puck shoots it at your feet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we, we said it last podcast. Like, that can't happen. In the last minute, and we even, you know... We said last time, or last game, there's two goals in the last minute of the first and the last minute of the second. One each, obviously, not two. But 
both in the last minute, and then we get another one in this game. Thank God that this didn't affect anything negatively, but like, boys, that's it. That's a major yikes right there. This game got really bad for the Sabres, but again, it could have been really bad for the Avalanche if Kirby doesn't play a good first. And I mean, if that's a different team who's feeling a little bit more confident than said Sabres, uh, that's a major, major momentum shift. That was the thing. Like Jack Eichel didn't seem like himself. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna mention that later Tuesday on. Night, but for sure. considering you just said that, he he did look a little off, and that goes for the entire Sabers team. But usually, you've seen a better effort and more of a a will to grind, I guess, by Eichel. But yeah, they they I don't know. Looking at this Sabers team in that game. They just look like a defeated squad. Like it's almost like they've already given up. They it look like a team like that. that's been here before. <laughs> yeah, they 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 know exactly where they're headed right now, right? Too. We're gonna talk to Shane from Frozen Biscuit about the fact that the Sens like you can't breed losing. Mm-hmm. That's what the Sabers look like. The Sabers look yeah. like what the Oilers have looked like for years. It's yeah, where it's just like all they know how to do is win. All they know how to do is produce that effort, right? Because that's the difference in the NHL. Everything is so tight and so even that it's winning the little battles. And if you're just so used to maybe put in 95%, this is what happens. And Mm -hmm. I've heard, I think Ray Ferraro has said it in Toronto a few times, the bad teams can be fine. Like they They can skate early in a game, but the moment that like one or two hurdles gets put in front of them, they just call it quits. Cause they're like, we're not as good as this team. It's fine. Like, right. We're not taking the two points home. I might as well just pack it up and just not play the rest, like not put in a hundred percent effort. Yeah. And you can't breed that. Cause if you do this crap happens a lot. And I couldn't imagine being a Sabres fan right now. Cause it's just every single season, every and single it, yeah. season. And it's just a toxic trend, right? Like they kind of, brought up in the in the altitude broadcast the, like the sabers last year at the start of the year too really really good they went on some big that runs was, i think 10, they had yeah i think was they it had 10, 10 or 11 games in a row yeah and then this year at the start of the year they were in first place for a while yep and then they missed last year and they're gonna miss this year yeah because of just it's the, like we said about the abs right the abs had that great start and they put themselves in a great spot but if you just give up on games, then you're going to give up all those points you earned. Right. And then it's all for nothing. What's the point? Yeah. Right. And, and you just, you can't breed that habit. Yeah. And again, these last minute goals and stuff, like that's a terrible habit too. Mm-hmm. And it's things like the reason it's the reason why, especially me, I have such a hard time with these goals is it's, you're so close to the, the end of the tunnel. And all you got to do is play decent defense. Just stay on the right side of the puck. Yeah. This one, it's if you stay on the right side of the puck, this doesn't happen. Yes, it's not going to be able to. Yeah. Right. Like, I don't know who it was at that point. Uh, maybe it was Burakovsky, one of the one of the newer addition guys. I'm pretty sure. Maybe Nichushkin too. Uh, he's at the point, and he tries to help out on the battle, which then the puck squirts out to his guy that he just left. That's fine. He was trying to help. He was supporting the lower play. Which, if they turn the puck over there, it's over. Yeah. 
I'm not really too upset by him. Like that shot's mm-hmm. fine. The yeah. shot itself is fine. It's the fact that Reinhardt gets wide open in front. Mm-hmm. 100%, right? Yeah. And it's it's just simple things like that, simple effort plays that you go to the intermission 2 nothing, and obviously hindsight's twenty twenty. This game didn't go sideways, but it could yeah. have. Yeah, exactly, right? Philly Philly went sideways because of a last-minute goal. Right. Twice. Yeah, yeah, two. Second period, fantastic. Yep. Nazem Kadri absolutely shoves that idea down the drain. Yeah. A minute into the period, snipe. Gotta love that. And see, that's kind of that's a that's a good habit that we're seeing. We're seeing a lot, quite a few early period goals by the Avs. I love seeing that enthusiasm. Pretty that quick. pretty common occurrence in this game, though. Uh, sniped. Oh, yeah. oh man, did they like to snipe yeah. on Tuesday? This was just your getting the payoff. Finally, you know we've had some struggle games, hot goalies, whatever, big blocks, good bounces. Finally, in this game, yes, and. Yeah, that Kadri goal was nice. That I, pass oh. by Nachushkin. Oh, yeah. Oh. Man, like, we're going to get into it here in the second period, but my God, that line was looking just, oh, so good. That Kadri, uh, Nuke, and Burkowski. God damn. Like, I don't think anybody would have seen this line coming. Like, there's no way at the start of the year you're like, hmm, yeah, Berkey, Nishushkin, and Kadri. Yeah, that that's probably a line. For sure. Yeah. And then now, like, congrats, Bednar, because that was a great decision to keep them together when Donskoy came back. That's what they said before the game, or at least in the first intermission. I can't remember when it was, but yeah. they, the question was asked, are you going to break up the line? And he said, absolutely not. Yeah. And pff, good call, dude. Good call, dude. Because, like, you could... This game, they really... Like, in the past couple games, they had found something... But they really just took off with their chemistry. For and, sure. like, you look at Berkey and Nuke, wow. Like, it, it looks like they've been playing together for, like, a couple seasons, the way they were playing in this game. Like, ins and outs and yeah. crosses, nice cross-ice feeds that produced how many goals? Like, just, wow. I was I was blown away by these three, for uh, sure. Goal number two of the second, number four of the evening, Nikita Zadorov gets on the board. This one is not reviewed and taken away. <laughs> yeah, Thankfully right. for him. Right. Uh, common theme of the game kind of too, especially the next couple goals here. Left wide open in the slot. Yeah. Very nice. Yep. Uh, makes it pretty easy for Berkey to hit him with a good pass. Mm-hmm. Tucks it in five hole. Uh, I'm sure Hutton's not a fan of this one. Mm-hmm. Definitely one that really breaks the back of momentum and all that stuff. Really kills the morale. Yeah. Especially for a fourth goal of the game, that's that's the goal where Buffalo's just like, yeah, pack it in, boys, <laughs> have your way with us. Does everybody <laughs> have the golf fit, golf clubs fit? Yeah, seriously though, but Big Z, you know, some nice nice little move there and yeah, a nice backhander. I yeah. like it, man. Uh, goal number three of the period, Val Nachushkin. Oh man, uh, choo wide open in the slot, man, and snipe. Yeah. Just, just, just another snipe. This is the one that chased Hutton, right? I th- yeah. Uh, a tough night for Hutton for sure. That's yeah, three man. goals that are basically posting in. I mean, plus yeah. three goals that are posting in. Gerard's where nobody on the ice knows except for two guys, <laughs> one of each team. Yeah. And like you said, the one guy who knew where the puck was was just yelling instead of skating. Yeah, just like yeah. It's like um, the Dane Cook skit. Yeah, so it's it's a tough one for Hutton. 
He's had a tough year. This is a very this this is kind of a microcosm of his season. Yeah. Compared to what he did last year, he has had a rough go. And, you know, does just doesn't get that much help from his team. Couple minutes later, the fourth goal of the period, a two on one, passed over from McKinnon on Durant and Stick, and snipe. Oh yeah. We yeah, we kinda <laughs> already touched on that, but but damn, dude. Like that's the shot. That's the shot right there. The and shot like, where the goalie is questioning whether or not it went in? Yeah. Good times. Right, yeah. At first, I was kind of like, hey, did that hit the crossbar? But then you look at Ranson and you're like, nah, he, he knows he scored. They're pretty happy. The light's He's on. like, dude, that, that's that it. In. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and you know, it's just, I just love watching McKinnon create that whole two-on-one too, right? No one else is creating a two-on-one there. He gets mm. on his horse like no one does except for maybe McDavid, right? And just flies up there. Which it's nice to see him not have to create that as the first goal of the game. Yes. Finally. Yeah. That's a nice one where he can just like, yeah, I mean, it's it's awesome to see him create that. It's awesome to see Rantan get on the board for a second straight game. Mm-hmm. But it's also nice that it's the sixth one and the second line went nuts in right. this game. Like, awesome to see that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Another thing that happened in the second period that I don't remember what time it happened. I just know it happened because I feel bad for him. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Peb may not be having children oh, anytime he's... soon. Right, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Was that a nut shot? I, I, I don't know, man. I still don't know what's happening with him. Belly. Uh, he came back, thankfully, but it was a bit scary the way he went off and Dude. barely. Oh, yeah. Like that's what makes me think it had to be a nut shot, like cut the cup, caught the cup or something. But, well, man. and like he he got up and fought through it for a bit, but then after the play was done, he's just like Ugh. curled over. Yeah, like, just like oh my. I actually oh. saw a fantastic meme today. Really perfect timing of the. I don't know if anybody else did, but it was like. Anytime guys see another guy get hit in the nuts, and it was like the three rocks, and they're all doing the like squishy face, like, ooh. <laughs> I was yeah. like, perfect timing. Should have tweeted it. Uh, straight up, though, like, that was that was kind of everybody's thought was that it did, you know, catch him in the old family jewels. And yeah, I mean, wherever I bet you... it got him, it hurt pretty bad. Yeah. And he went to the room. I think that was right near the end of the period. Yeah. Because I think he went to the room and then came back for the third. What a warrior. Uh, the third period, pretty uneventful. Teams kind of packed her in. Uh, Ian Cole smashed the post at... Oh, yeah, right? Uh, I guess that was a couple... Just barely a minute in to the period, I think. He smashed the post. Oh, yeah. Uh, one thing I wanted to comment on that was absolutely amazing to see and just... <laughs> it made me laugh so hard. But uh, did you see Randon's dad? In, yes, in the, the, the blazer. Oh, the man. The custom blazer. Oh. oh, just looking great. And then when Ransonin scars, it's just so good. He was loving it. And Jacked. The best thing oh. about it, though, so he's just high-fiving every Avs fan he can find around him, right? But the best part of it is just watching the lady in the Sabres jersey a couple rows behind him, and she's like, what the f- who the fuck is this guy? Why are you here? Like, just a look of absolute disgust. Like, why are you doing this in front of me? <laughs> and Ratton is just like, my boy! <laughs> just like, yeah, huff off! It was, oh, it's just gold. Sorry, I had to comment that. It was just, it was just TV gold right there. One of those things that Buffalo fans probably deal with on a fairly regular basis, being right. that the Leafs probably do that even worse in their building. Yeah, and hey, 
there was two Leafs fans there with two Leafs jerseys yeah, you, on the abs. You bridge. pointed that out to me, not even me pointing out to you. Why the hell are these guys there? <laughs> Classic. And then the final note I had in a game like this, of course, everybody's favorite, Tyson Jost. Mm. can't buy himself a goal. Yeah. Two on one late, couple minutes left. I would have took the shot if I was him too. Yeah. And I wouldn't say robbed, but pretty nice save. Yeah. By, uh, who was that even? I don't even know. I should know this. Johansson. Oh, okay. Um, I did not know that. <laughs> Johansson or something. Actually, Jonas, you're right. Jonas Johansson or yeah, Jonas Johansson. Johansson they, yeah. Swedish, so probably. Um, yeah, like, uh, other than that, uh, one cool little tidbit that was displayed on the Altitude uh, broadcast, uh, Val Nashushkin is the, I don't know if he still is, but he's the top plus minus forward in the NHL. I saw that. I was going to, I meant to bring that up. I forgot. What the F? That is crazy. What the F? Like. The Avs have three of the top five. That's or going in like during that game at least. That's probably changed a little bit. Exactly but. right. Um, but my God, like you can't. Like how important is that? That's that's he's got to be. And I saw a poll on Twitter today actually, and it, it right away it was like, oh yeah, Nishushkin. But it was like, who's been the most surprising Av this year? I think that's how can you put anybody yeah. else there? Like this guy is way beyond expectations that he had. At this point, in I his think career? you. I think you should have expected fifteen points as a good year for Nishushkin. Yeah, yeah. I th- if you would have asked me at the start of the year, I would have been like, yeah. If he gets like, yeah, five, ten. Like goals. I'm saying, I'm saying a good mm. season. I'm like, I'm saying like average ten or twelve. Like, yeah, that's fine. And if but he like was, a you know, season fifteen. Yeah, and if he was, you know, serviceable player yeah. out there and yeah. not a liability. This guy is driving play. At times, this guy's putting up points. Like, he had 12 assists this year. He's got nine goals. Yeah. He got shoved up to the second line now, yeah, too, and, right? Like, it's... But again, right? He was drafted as that second line guy. Yeah. Like, that's where he should have been. Obviously, you're hoping that he ends up higher with the first-round pick. But, like, I think Dallas would still have him if he was a second-line guy. Yeah, well, right? if he was playing like this, you better believe they would still yeah, have him. Yeah, so it's like... Is this the steal of the season for Sackick? Maybe. Like, of all the depth signings, obviously we're not going to get crazy. That's what Shane is doing with uh, <laughs> uh, Declare. <laughs> uh, like, I don't want to get crazy with Nchushkin, but, like, he's easily I my most surprising app for sure. Yeah, big eye-opener. Uh, one other thing was in second intermission, uh, Lauren Jabara, Laura Jabara. Jabara, is that right? Yeah, Jabara. Um, she interviewed Big Z, and I just really, really like this uh, this quote that he said in that interview. And it was it's pretty simple, but like this is exactly the kind of mentality that the Avs need right now. Uh, he basically says, "Good teams don't lose two in a row, so that's what we're focused on for the rest of the year." And amen to that. I know you've talked about that. Um. That's exactly what we need to hear from everybody on the Avs, you know? Like, he seemed like, excuse me, he seemed like, he seems like a lot more confident of a guy probably than he was even like a month ago. But also the fact that it's like everyone's buying in. Like, everybody knows the mistakes that they're making. 
and it's just a matter of putting it all together, obviously. You can talk the talk. I need to see them walk the walk. Mm-hmm. First step is uh, acknowledging the problem, though. So right. you're right. Like They also brought up on the broadcast, and it blew me away. And I understand that it's the West versus the East, and there's a lot of really bad teams in the East. The Avs would be 11th in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. That's so Sorry. crazy. Before last night's game, they would have been below right. the, the Maple Leafs in the Eastern Conference with 62 points. Yeah. They're set. Well, they were second in the Central going into last night's game. The Dallas Stars passed them with their single point in the <laughs> overtime against, I don't remember who, Columbus maybe. No, it wasn't Columbus. Doesn't matter. Uh, but yeah, it's just like, you think they're having a good season? And like I agree, I think they're fine. Like I mm-hmm. think they're doing just fine. But that's it. They're just fine. They're not world beaters. Yeah, we're not there yet. And they should be. Mm-hmm. We talked about this, right? Like they have the parts to be good, mm-hmm. to be very good. It's you need everything to work together. You need Bednar to. I don't know whether it's fire them up or make them. You got to get them to play a five man defensive unit. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying they got to be the winning games three nothing like Arizona did to the Oilers on Tuesday night, mm-hmm. but they got to limit these wide open chances in the slot. Well, and like mitigate the blatant like breakdowns basically, yeah. and because because that's like what I said last episode was majority of our losses this year are just simple breakdowns which they they come out of nowhere a and b they're totally preventable and c we're like could be dominating this game offensively anywhere on the ice and then just something bad happens again i've brought up detroit a few times since that game that's that's the one yeah that's like the perfect example to the worst team in the league by so much they're yeah. Minus 96. <laughs> They're almost at that hundy. <laughs> like, almost at that hundy. And the Avs found a way to bring them back into a hockey game they were clearly going to win. Right. Right? And it's stuff like that. Yeah. That being said, um, we are going to be joined by Shane from Frozen Biscuit here in a second. Now a quick word from our sponsors. Don't forget to check out the Hockey Podcast Network's newest affiliate, NHLshop.com. That's right, the official NHL merchandise page. Right now, they're giving 20% off orders over 25 bucks with code NHLICE25. Also, if you use our link that we're going to tweet out after this episode, you can help support us and the other hosts at the Hockey Podcast Network. All right, Avs fans, this week's edition of Across the Rink comes to you all the way from Ottawa since the Avs you know, haven't played them all season and get to play them in five days. Six days? Yeah, twice and twice and six days. Uh anyway, we have Shane from Frozen Biscuit, uh affiliate podcast for the Hockey Podcast Network. How's it going, Shane? Pretty good. Thank you for having me on, guys. Pleasure yeah, to, to finally join you. Thanks for jo- thanks for coming on. Uh I think the first thing that comes up with the Ottawa Senators is, is clearly the Matt Shane trade. Uh <laughs> thank you for taking him off our hands. You were yeah. the you were the first to show us the light, and teams have just continued to show us how much better we are off without him. Clearly, and I mean you got quite a haul for him too. 
that was another thing I was going to say thanks for. Uh, thanks for including Turris in that trade to somehow make the Avs just get like the absolute most ridiculous haul for Matt Duchesne. Yeah, I mean, you got what a first round pick, Girardi or Gerard, um, Bowers, and and Kamenev, who is playing frequently right now, mm-hmm. and Byram, technically yeah. from that first round pick. Yeah, but it just looks... now Nashville though got the worst of everything. Yeah, like it. It looks like you guys may have gotten the worst of it just because you don't have Matthew Shane anymore. I I. What what are your thoughts, first of all, before we get to the Preds? What are your thoughts on Matt Duchesne's time in Ottawa? Conflicting. <laughs> Fair. Uh, I think it was one of – it's one of those – he meshed well with Stone, not with Carlson, and it just for, – for whatever reason, it just fell apart. But the return Ottawa got for – uh, Duchesne from Columbus is fantastic compared to to what it could have been. So it was a positive experience for Duchesne. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what both of those traits kind of relay to you is Duchesne goes somewhere and they give up a lot for him and then he does a lot of garbage for them. <laughs> I he, mean, he, he hasn't been terrible in Columbus. He's, but Well, he was okay in Columbus, but as a whole, when he got there, that team looked dangerously close to missing the playoffs after giving up the farm. And then he, goes, then he goes to Nashville along with Kyle Turris. <laughs> and they have been a absolute tire fire right. this year. I kind of forgot that he's over on Nashville now too, yeah. Can we so <laughs> the fact that Ottawa, yeah, they gave up Bowers and like realistically they only gave up Bowers in a first round pick, which all in all isn't that bad. If you just break down what Ottawa gave up for Duchesne. Well, and Kyle Turris, right? Yeah, but that because Turris was gonna leave because he was asking for like eight and eight. He's not he's not worth the six and six that Nashville's giving him. No, he. So, I thought that six and six was going to be okay when he signed yeah, it. I didn't. I was definitely on board for like a four and four, five and five because Turris has never been a number one center. Yeah, but that's the thing. Six and six is not Ottawa. six and six is not number one center money. That's number two center money. It's border. It's it's borderline number one center money. It's not top tier number one center money. Man, it's, that is that is. Like fringe first line center money, like, but it's not like it's not top tier. It's that that guy who can play top line minutes, but not consistently be your number. Like he's your tandem one two. Sure, and that basically what he was gonna be with with Johansson, and then he kind of just shot the bed. Well, and so did Johansson. Like Johansson's not been what they hoped for from that trade either. Johansson's been decent compared to how Seth Jones was with them. Like sure. C- comparing Seth like Seth Jones times in Nashville to to Johansson's time in Nashville, Johansson's been the better of the two. Seth Jones on in Columbus, on the other hand, has been a completely different monster. But that's a thing, right? Like 
you got to look at like Taylor Hall for Adam Larson and think of obviously the the Johansson for Jones was before that, but to think of what Seth Jones could have got you, obviously, like you said, he wasn't this good prior to the trade, but Adam Larson no got you Taylor Hall. Turns, and there's also no guarantee that he turns into what he's turned in Columbus if he was still in Nashville. For sure, hundred percent. And you know, however, I would not. I wouldn't doubt Nashville's defensive prospect game. Like I wouldn't doubt their uh, development, de- like developing process. Because no, not at their decor is outrageous. Well, the pieces that they have drafted and developed are outrageous. The tre- pieces they trade for, like PK Subban, not so much. <laughs> well, yeah. Subban's a different monster in, For sure. in and out of itself. But, you know, the Duchesne alone, it was this it, – looking at the fact that we gave Colorado just a late first-round pick in Bowers and a Early. first overall pick. Oh, sorry, sorry. Okay, got you. Never mind, sorry. That turned into Byram that no one really expected at the time because – I think if you ask most people, this trade was supposed to give Ottawa that legit number one guy, help lead Ottawa back to the playoffs. At worst, it was probably going to be like a, a early 20s pick. So that being said, looking at what Ottawa got back for him, two prospects in Abramoff and Davidson and then a first-round pick, that was 15th overall. I mean, it wasn't the worst trade in in hockey history, and it wasn't obviously the best trade in hockey history. <laughs> it's definitely one of those, like, questionable trades, but Ottawa recovered pretty well for it. Well, yeah, we kind of got to it on your podcast before this, but the fact that the Ottawa Senators are now – the ones that are looking at a team in peril that are handing them their first round pick that could win the lottery must feel pretty good. eh? must feel pretty good that the senators get that two, two first round picks this year, right? Yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, I know it does. Uh, especially since it's San Jose, it couldn't have happened to a better team. <laughs> See, I don't think Tura, or Carlson was worth the 11 mil that uh, San Jose gave him. We're clearly and seeing this, that. Yeah. yeah this, uh, this draft class is ridiculous. So I'm he, hopefully I'm hoping for a 1-2. I think that'd be fantastic, especially <laughs> since it's in Montreal. Oh, man. So, that would like, be something else. Going one, two, and it would be even great. It would even be better if Montreal picked third. <laughs> if we win it with San Jose's pick, Ottawa picks second, and then Montreal picks third, I would love it. You It'd better be fantastic. hope. You better hope your scouting system does their job. Well, the fact that you look at all these like late round gems Ottawa's had, I will have no problem with our scouting department. Pretty, I know, like. In this draft, I think it's pretty hard to mess up if you're going one, two. Seems but, like it. you know, 
Stranger things have happened, I guess. Uh, speaking of draft picks, this is a question. I don't know if you've spent a lot of time looking at this. I know we kind of talked about it. You're the Sens are obviously happy they took they kept Brady Kachuk versus whatever Bowen Byram could turn into. If he even most likely he's not turning into a stud top like an absolute stud topping pair topping pair top pair guy like Makar has shown that he is probably going to be. Do you think the Sens would have took Bowen Byram at four, or do you think they had would in theory had somebody else in mind? Honestly. Possibly they would have taken Byram because they took Thompson. And I don't know if they would have taken Thompson uh, that high. I think they were happy that he he fell down to uh, down to 15th because I think that's where they felt comfortable with him. But honestly, last year's draft class, not very – you know, it's nothing not, really pops out. It's not full of a ton of studs, but at the same time, it's still super early. Oh, 100%. Like, looking at who was picked, I, I'm i annoyed that Kirby Doc went third because if Otto was picking fourth, that's who I'd want us to pick. But looking at who was picked after him, uh, Cozens, uh, seventh from Buffalo, uh, Newhook at 16th, Caulfield, and my bad. Lassie Thompson was 19th. 15th was Caulfield for Montreal. Um, but I honestly, Turcotte probably would have been my choice just because the fact that we don't need any more defensemen. I'm also pretty sure Byram's a left-handed shot, which we definitely don't need any more of. I believe you're correct. Yeah. Because we already have like three of them and we don't <laughs> need any more. Fair. Um yeah, he's a left-handed shot. And I think, honestly, that's the only reason why we don't pick him. Fair enough, yeah. And, like, you can see how much more prominent that left-right D has become, you know. Left-right D pairings in the NHL. For sure. Um, One player I wanted to ask you about, considering uh, he's leading your team in points angles i believe uh anthony duclair i know that he has uh been struggling a little bit lately um looking at the numbers and everything but for me he's uh he's a player that i've always kind of kept my eye on um and i just i've i've always kind of just wanted to see more from him and thought that he could produce more what can you kind of say about the steps that he's taken this year, considering he is leading the team in scoring and points and just kind of what, what kind of player is he kind of turning into? Because I've always thought that he would be able to be at least like a top two liner in the NHL. Yeah. So if we want to talk about like fleecing teams and trades, does Zingle for two second round picks 2020 and 2021 and Anthony Duclair from Columbus. Like that must be, you know, one of the greatest steals for a trade, but I've talked about it on other episodes is he's been one of the fastest skaters anywhere he's played minor. He in junior, he was always so fast that it kind of, he was able to make up for, other things and 
when you're that fast, there's generally, which is why it makes McDavid so good, is that he has everything already. He has the hand-eye. His brain works at the speed that his feet are going. And I think that's what you're finally starting to see from Declare is that his hockey IQ and his hockey vision has finally caught up to how fast he's playing. And that was always his biggest problem was that he was playing so fast that his brain couldn't keep up with his feet. So his brain was always like two steps behind while his feet were just like, go, go, go. His brain couldn't keep up. Fair enough. Uh, Plus his biggest downfall was his attitude. His entire NHL career up to this point, it seemed. Yeah, and I think that's also to do with like a mismanagement of how he was used. Because he's he, he's a top-line penalty killer in Ottawa. He's the top-line power play. He is, you know, generally he's a top six forward. Very rarely have we seen him on like the default third line. But I think it's just a lot of teams and a lot of coaches. And I think Tortorella was also part of this where they only saw him in a specific role and never let him out of it. And if he didn't fit that role, he was, he was useless to the team. And he came to Ottawa. You saw it a little bit last year after the trade, but you've seen it a lot this year where his role has expanded. His attitude hasn't been an issue and his play has benefited from it. Yeah. I mean, could be a lot due to maturity and like we were kind of talking about mckinnon on on your podcast about how it took him a while to get going maybe you know this is a good start building block year for for duclair um i also wanted to ask you you know he's getting paid 1.65 mil right now he's rfa at the end of this year what kind of what kind of deal you see coming for duclair when it comes to the senators it's a little bit difficult because of Duclair's history. Last thing you want is to give him a long-term deal, big money or bigger money than what he's getting now. But you also don't want to lowball him and insult him because that could put him back to square one where he's like, Oh, I'm not, you know, respected by this club. They don't actually want me here, this, that, and the other thing. And I think that's the one thing that Dorian is really good at is making sure the players and the agents understand that, you know, they want players here. They want like a, they want him here and they want to figure out the best contract for both player and team. And if, if that can't be met, then they're going to move on. But he's Dorian's not one of those ones where it's, you know, my way or the highway. It's very much like, Hey, this is, a starting point, let's talk about it. And he does negotiations very well, I find, in that aspect. And it's not something that you're going to hear a lot of chatter about, is that Ottawa signings are just going to come and go. They're going to be like, this guy signed today, and you're going to be like, oh, where did this come from? Yeah, that's how Shabbat happened. Yeah, yep. for sure. It was like, there was so <laughs> like, much yeah, he's that kinda he out wasn't getting signed, and it was just like, bam, right there. Here you go. Because Dor- the one thing Dorian, and I think one thing that hurt Stone and Duchesne 
was that they talked about it publicly. Dorian is very much one of those tight lip, keep it in-house kind of guys. Once you start negotiating through the media, that's kind of where he takes his foot off and he kind of just like, okay, you're trying to be a little bit backhanded on this, so we're going to take a step back on you. I mean, that's probably not the worst uh, strategy, especially when you consider kind of all the negotiations around Marner, around Nylander, around... Rantanen. Uh, yeah, Rantanen, around uh, Line A and uh, Connor. Connor. Thank you. I was trying to freaking... <laughs> it took me way too long to figure that out, get that name out. But yeah, so, I mean, it'll be interesting to see because uh, this could be the start of like a really seriously good hockey player career here for Duclair. So I, I just, I just find it intriguing because I always liked him and I liked him when he was on the, the Canadian uh, world juniors back, you know, quite a few years now. Um, so yeah, it's just been kind of an interesting storyline to see this year. And I've just seen some of his goals and stuff this year. And I'm like, hell yeah, dude, like it looks like he's starting to sprout a bit. So that's cool. Yeah, I'm really happy to see because I loved Duclair when he was in junior. Uh-huh. And I was, you know, ecstatic to see him kind of get off to a good start in Arizona. And then it just kind of derailed from there. But, you know, he should get about $3 million this summer. And that's kind of the minimum that I would look at. I think the max is five. It's going to be a McKinnon kind of deal where, like, it's a little bit of an overpayment. But with the right people with him, it'll look like a fair value. If not, he's going to like exceed the contract by like halfway through it. I caution yourself about getting ahead of yourself, but we'll see. I'm not saying I disagree, but there's been I'm not saying of... that he's going to get 6.3. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like being this confident in him exceeding his value just there's a lot of players. Oh, I in this mean, league I that... think when you ever sign someone to a long-term deal, that's kind of what you hope for, right? Oh, 100%. That, but it's especially if you give them a little bit more money than what they're worth. 100%. It's just you got to be careful in contract years when guys produce. Oh, 100%. Of... That's why I have no, you know, if this was if he was 27, 27, 28 pushing 30, I would be very against, like, I'd be against giving him more than $3 million on a three-year deal. Like, I'm very against giving Pajot more than three years because he's been nothing but a third-line center his entire career. So the fact that Duclair is 24, going to be 25, you know, even if you give him to a five-year deal, it'll push him until his, he's 30. And... If he's really been that bad, well, okay, you at least got him for what's expected to be his prime. And if he's bad during his prime, you know, you're not really missing out on anything. Well, and he's not going to be a anchor anchor that, like, it, it, he's still in his prime. He's not going to be a 10-point guy. No. And again, and if he, if he exceeds expectations, you know, in those five years, then great. But if you give him like a five and five, which if you talk to a lot of people is a little bit of an overpayment for the one year, the one in a bit year that he's been in Ottawa. Well, that's why I'm saying be be cautious because Matt Duchesne had a 
pretty fantastic <laughs> year in his contract year too. Yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, honestly, for Ottawa to give a guy five years at $5 million, it's going to look like nothing compared to who we're going to have to pay. Like, it's a contract that, you know, is going to be movable depending on how the, the cap works because a $5 million deal now is most likely going to look like a $3 million deal by the time that deal expires. For that, sure. That's what they're hoping for. For at sure. Least. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's definitely so, worse contracts out there, 100%. So. Oh, yeah. True. <laughs> a one final question for me. Kind of a two-parter. I'm sure you're, I wouldn't say surprised by the fact that these sends aren't dramatically in last place like the Detroit Red Wings. But are you happy overall with how the team plays on a night-to-night basis and how they're tanking? Yeah. I mean, they've improved every game, so to speak. They're not getting – I don't think they – I think they've blown out, been blown out like once or twice this year. They haven't been – they've been in almost every game they've played. And – for a team rebuilding with the, you know, bottom of the barrel guys they have. Cause realistically like Ennis is on like player minimum. I think he's at 800,000. You have like Anisimov who's been subpar the last couple of years and the whatnot. You know, the fact that they're playing, they're competitive, they're forcing teams to win. They're not just giving games. I think you have, you would be stupid really to not be happy with that in the current state that they're in. Yeah. I mean, progress is progress. Right. And I think, you know, that's the biggest thing for teams like at the bottom of the barrel is to build a foundation of some kind. Right. So it looks definitely like the senators have done that this year, which is good. What do you expect from Thursday night's game? I'd be lying if I didn't say it could get ugly. Um, like I said on our, like when you guys were on our, for my uh, podcast, is if Hogberg's in net, most likely going to go to overtime. Okay. He's going to rob McKinnon, guarantee it. If he's in net, he's going to he McKinnon's going to be left wide open, and Hogberg's just going to get a glove on it, and it's seems like that's how it goes. Every game, he makes a highlight real safe. And if that's the case, it's going to overtime. But I don't know. I, it, can, it can get ugly pretty quickly. I'm hoping that they got all their goal scoring out against Buffalo. <laughs> I was going to um, say, don't don't worry on the the left wide open front because I'm sure Duclair is going to get wide left wide open in the slot too. Yeah, it yeah tends but to Duclair's through. been left wide open in the slot, and he's missed. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> he he fits, fits right into the defensive <laughs> hockey yeah. game. So, I think wait, it's going to be wait, wide open, fast hockey. I think you're right. That is about a guarantee. Yeah. It's going to be great to watch. It's going to be good hockey to watch. I think so, too. I mean, I think there'll be a couple pretty good games for sure. Well, as we say to many of our guests on... Offside by a mile. Good luck, but not too much. 
Yeah, basically. Uh, enjoy <laughs> Thursday night's game, and we'll catch you on uh, Tuesday night's game as well in yeah. Denver this time. Yeah. Um, thanks for coming on the podcast. Uh, where can our fans uh, find you on Twitter? Uh, find me on Frozen Biscuit ninety two for uh, for the network, and as well as my personal, which is Shane underscore Ryan ninety seven. Awesome. awesome. Oh, jinx. wow. Uh, yeah, thanks, Shane. Thanks for coming on. Oh, problem. Thank you guys for having me. Well, thanks again to Shane from Frozen Biscuit. Uh, if you want to give him a follow, have at her. I don't know how many Avs fans are also Sens fans, <laughs> aside from the fact that they gave us Bowen Byron. Yeah. Real appreciative. And Shane and, Bowers. And Gerard. And Gerard and Kamenev and the affiliated players swack. to that trade. Yeah. Obviously, those players were from Nashville, but... Oh, yeah. Kyle Turris facilitated that part of the yeah. trade. Thank you, sir. <clears throat> Riding the pine. Yeah, you're really killing it. <laughs> uh, I think another fitting opponent, and it's fitting that we play them on Saturday, is the Columbus Blue Jackets. I know, right? Just following Matt Duchesne's... Just full circle. Lay of the land. When's Nashville? Maybe he's <laughs> going to end up in Minnesota one day. Maybe that's what this road trip uh, is. Yeah, you know? okay, okay. Senators, Columbus, Minnesota eventually, you know, could happen. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so the Avalanche, yeah, the Avalanche are playing Columbus, and normally I would be excited because he's like, since after Philly, like the Sabers are not very good, definitely not very good lately. The Senators are not very good. Period. Mm-hmm. The Columbus Blue Jackets were supposed to be not very good. Mm-hmm. Elvis has turned that season around right. in a friggin' hurry. I think he's won seven straight or eight straight right yeah, now. This kid, man, yeah. Elvis Merzlikens. Merzlikens. I, I don't know. That's what I'm. I'm. I'm probably not right. We should. I should have brought up uh, elite prospects uh, for yeah. pronunciation. <laughs> I didn't. Damn. Uh, anyway, he's been lights out since uh, Corpus Allo got hurt. Yeah. Absolutely lights out. So that spells uh, the Avs are gonna have to shoot. Yikes. They're gonna have to shoot a lot, and they're gonna have to bury some pucks shoot, when they get well. the chance. Yeah. Because hopefully, like Shane said, Hogberg's not in net, and mm. you're not going to listen to this game before an overtime against Ottawa. Yeah. Because the Avni- Avs need those two points because Elvis could just go absolutely nuts. I mean, if there's any indication of what he's done lately, that could be a possibility of a steal of a, of a game by a goalie, right? So Plus, if the Avalanche crushed the Blue Jackets, we could see Tortorella go apeshit. Oh, and win-win. who doesn't love that? <laughs> it's been a, it's been a while since I've seen uh, Torts. You know, uh, he his went shit a little bit eight when Corpus Allo got hurt. That's right, him. I do remember that. I was like, there wait, there was something recent. That was the one. That's his yeah. most recent one. Right. I could go for two point Torilla because oh, yeah, man. man, he is entertaining. <laughs> as much as he's a idiot, uh, he is a beauty. Yeah. When it comes to content. Sunday, this is a busy episode preview mm-hmm. here. It's going to be a real busy episode on Sunday. Yeah. Minnesota is mm-hmm. on de- on deck. The Avs are going to be in Minnesota. This is, I believe, the third game of the year yep. between the Avs and Minnesota. Uh, they're doing Minnesota things. They're, you know, puttering along. Not exactly surprising. Not unsurprising. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, it'll be a good one. Uh, the... Last weekend before the stadium series game. Yes, yes. He's uh, coming up. I don't know if you guys saw those. I'm sure you did if you watched the game on Tuesday night. But the 
rink is getting built. Yeah. At the Air Force Base. So, man, there's snow out there and everything. It's turning in, looking like it's going to be a great weekend. Yeah. That is the 15th of February. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Should be a. Uh, Brett I, is making a grave mistake and going to LA instead of going to Denver. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> It's uh, not yeah. in L.A., Brett. Uh. <laughs> Yo, I thought the game was here, man. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so thanks for tuning in the episode. We hope you enjoyed. And positive positive Thursday, solid five points when we come back to Monday's episode. Good vibes, good vibes. Good vibes, five points. Come uh, on, let's do it, Berkey? please. I mean, Berkey will probably get five points, right? <laughs> let's go. No, I want five points for the team. Oh, okay. Jared, that's this doable. is a team sport. I don't care about my individual nights on the stat sheet. I just want our team to get two points, okay? okay. Quote, unquote, Burkowski. Probably one day <laughs> in his career. Pro- probably. probably. <laughs> anyway, uh, we will see you on Monday. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Now a quick word from our sponsors. Last but not least today, we have a fantastic deal from Reebok. Reebok is offering an extra 50% off if you use the code Get Down. No spaces. This would be a perfect time to get yourself some new workout gear, maybe some UFC fight merch. Whatever you're looking for, this code will save you some money. Also, same as with Puffy and NHL Shop. If you shop through our link, which we will tweet after the episode, you can help support us and the Hockey Podcast Network. Again, thanks for tuning in to our growing network of podcasts, and we hope you enjoy our episode. Don't forget to visit us on Twitter at Offside by a Mile to join our conversation and have your voice heard. Also, check out the rest of the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet and the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You can listen to the podcast there or anywhere you get your podcasts from. The biggest thing you can do to support us is by going to iTunes or Apple Podcasts and giving us a five-star rating. Also, if you're looking to donate to the network, visit the Hockey Podcast Network's Patreon page. All donations go straight to the podcast host. Thanks, and see you next episode. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.